Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is mosaic shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Well, welcome to the Mosaic Gardens today. This is Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. I'm very glad you're joining me today on Voice America's 7th Wave Network. I just returned from Philadelphia, where I had attended a two-day publisher's training with Steve Harrison. He's one of the owners of the Quantum Leap Program. It's uh, equivalent to Harvard level training for presenters and authors and he approached me in June and asked me if I would be one of the 75 students he accepts every year to the program and so after applying and being accepted I'm really happy to tell you that I have decided that it is time to launch my book. So I'm finishing my book. This is one of the processing programs that I'm doing right now for myself. It's a great honor, and it's the next exciting adventure in my journey down the mountain. As a leader in the field of mosaic healing art, it was time. And so that's what was going on for me this last week. And I wanted to um, and, uh, let you know that when I was there at this conference, I was then presented with the opportunity and the invitation to train with Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield takes 17 students to his home. And um, he's the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And so in December, I will be a personal guest at Jack Canfield's home, and we'll be discussing the topics of my book, and we will be doing a video together. So this is pretty exciting in my life. I never dreamed, honestly, that I would be here. And so I want to tell you the exciting things that this personal journey of healing on this path is due to my letting go of what I don't want. When I was able to let go of what I wasn't, wasn't working for me and use the tools, every one of the tools that I share with you every week here on this show, I was able to say yes to walking through my fears and into the life of my dreams. And I got to tell you, this, this life is turning into the biggest, most amazing adventure that I could have ever dreamed of. I just keep saying yes to all the beautiful things that keep coming into my life. And that's what I want to share with you here. That's what I want to help you be able to do. Because I want, my purpose in this world is to bring hope back into the world. To bring hope back into your life. That you can achieve all those things that you really want. Because I was able to do it. And if I can do it, anybody can. So to learn more about my practice and how to make your dreams a reality, please go to soulhealerspath.com. And you will will receive a free schematic download there. And then you can know all the things that are going on, the notes in the garden, all the next steps that are happening. I want to talk about right now leaving the past in the past. That's what this program is about. The coulds and the shouldves and the wouldves, those are the monsters of regret. So have you ever asked yourself what you would do if you could just let go of the past? You know, just let that heavy weight go because it's kind of like um, the story I once heard about swimming through the lake and they're hanging onto a rock. And I had those rocks in my bag for a long time, these rocks of regret. And they were really heavy 
and I couldn't even climb up this mountain for this journey of, of where I'm headed in my life with them. And the story was about this person that was swimming across the lake and they, and they had a rock tied to their leg and they felt like they were sinking. And the people on the shore were saying, let go of the rock, let go of the rock. And the person hanging on the rock kept saying, but it's mine. It's mine and I know it. So I want you to look at those rocks that you're hanging on to that are yours and you think you know that you can let go of. Because as soon as I cut that rope, I was able to swim across that lake. As soon as I was able to let it go. So I was sitting in this hot springs on my way home from Denver. I stopped at Indian Springs and I went for a soak. And I was just sitting in the, in the pool uh, thinking about this program and what I wanted to present about why it's so difficult to get out of the past, I started thinking about regret. And that regret seems to be like the hamster on the wheel. It goes around and around and around. And when I'm in that regret, I never get off the wheel. And so I'm thinking about that. And this song comes on the radio with the lyrics that went on several times. Actually, it was just, it was so fun to listen to it. And the lyrics were, I thought it was a good thing at the time. I thought it was a good thing at the time. And there's so many things in life that we think are a good thing at the time, right? We do something and then after, so, so think about those times and you go, well, it just seemed like a good thing at the time. And to come to the understanding that you made those choices in your life with the knowledge you had at that time, the information and the education you had at that time was what you made the decisions in your past from. And I, I know um, a lot of, t- of the mantra that kind of went through my family was, I wish I knew then what I know now. So when I was younger, if I'd known how to do this, I could have done that. Well, yes, maybe that's true, but I also want to let you know that, that in my life, I am glad for every step that I've taken to get here because I wouldn't know now what I know now if I hadn't gone through then. I want you to really listen to that. So if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't know what you know now. And we're going to talk a little bit today about letting that regret go because there's too much time spent running around on that hamster wheel, right? And first thing to do to get off the wheel is to be willing to let the regret go. And and that requires some forgiveness that we're going to talk about. It actually requires a lot of forgiveness, but forgiveness to yourself. Forgiveness is one of those tools to letting regret go. And another thing is that there's sometimes you say something and you wish you had said something else. You wish that you had completed the sentence and I don't know about you, but I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I have the aha, what I wish I had said in that situation that would have made me sound really profound, right? And so when you have those situations, have you had those situations you wish you had said something? Well, when you get that, I want you to take a piece of paper and write down what it is you wish you had said. I want you to finish the conversation with what you wish you had said. And then I want you to take it out into nature and have a conversation energetically with that person you wish you had said that with. I have been doing that a lot lately just to let go of the things I can't carry with me as I'm going on because I'm flying. I'm flying so fast right now 
that it's amazing. I'm an eagle. And in order to be an eagle, I can't be carrying any of those stones. So I've had to go out and take these journey walks and finish the conversation with usually the five people, the five big things, the five big people and things in your life are your mother, your father, your relationship with them, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your money, and your relationship with your God, whatever that God is for you. Those are the five big things that I've been taking and letting go of. And I took and wrote those letters to four of those before I went to Quantum Leap. I had no idea in Quantum Leap that I was going to invite, be invited to Jack Canfield's to be able to train with him one-on-one. It's, it's an amazing experience. And that I'm also going to go to the International Summit where I'm going to present in front of 250 media. And those opportunities, I'm going to tell you, wouldn't have come if I hadn't finished those conversations. If I hadn't gone back and done the healing that I needed to with those five elements of my life. So I'm going to ask you to write those five things down and go out and finish that conversation. Then there's a second tool I'm going to share with you. And that is to letting go of regret. So what is it that you're regretting? Take your paper, write a line down it. On the left-hand side, write what that was. For me... For a long time, I whined and complained because I'm, I'm going to tell you I lived in a victimhood for about 20 years of my life, 25 maybe. And before it got to, I decided that I could take responsibility and change this. And it was an amazing decision that has led me to where I'm at now. And in that victimhood part where I was at, I was blaming that I got married too young. I didn't get an education. I have a list of things that I was going through. And then when I got divorced, I was... Should have I, should have I, should have I not, should have I, should have, you know, the shoulds, all those shoulds. And so I took a piece of paper and I wrote on the left-hand side, getting married John. And then on the right-hand side, I pulled out the gifts that I learned from that. The gifts and the lessons I learned from that experience. Because once I can learn those gifts and lessons from that experience, I don't have to repeat it. If you learn the lessons and the gifts from those experiences, you don't have to repeat it. And why do we do writing? We do writing because the subconscious holds down all the information that we don't know. And we bring it out into the light on a piece of paper where I can look at it and go, whoa, wow, I didn't know I thought that much. I didn't know I was holding these hidden regrets and these hidden angers and these hidden resentments. I didn't know they were there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about them and then I'm going to look at them. And so on that side, I write my regret. And on the right side, I'm going to write the things I learned. So for my marriage, I ended up with four wonderful human beings. These are amazing human beings. They are healers. They are creative artists. They are changing the world in the most phenomenal way. You got to listen to two of them on my radio show. And I have four amazing healers in my life and creators that just astound me with what they're doing in the world and then they have this beautiful little grandson who is just adorable whenever I need a little love and I go up and hang out with him because that child love is just like nothing you can can grab onto. any of you that have grandparents or parents know what the love of a baby can do in your in your life I also learned to be on time because before I got in this relationship I had no concept of time And I didn't realize that being late meant that I thought my time was more important than someone else's. And 
I, I didn't have that education in that area. So now I'm on time. I, I have things done before they need to be done because then it's a less stress for me. It's, it's an amazing way to organize your life by being on time. I also learned to live within, within my means. I live within my means. I don't borrow. I don't get in debt. I don't have any of that. I live within my means. And that allows me the freedom to do the things I want. It allowed me the resources to invest in myself lately and to move forward to create this beautiful life that's coming ahead for me. So I didn't know that before I got married. I didn't know how to live within my means. Um, It afforded me a lot of travel, which allowed me to go around the world and see the unity that we all are. It exposed me to things I would have never dreamed of that way. I got to explore the world and see amazing sights. I got to learn about people. I had an amazing lesson on what I wanted to know with my life from travel. I got to learn about love. I got to learn a lot about love. I got to learn how to love and how to receive love and how to give it. And it was a great lesson in love for me. I also got to learn what I didn't want so that I could let go of it to have what I did want. And I got to learn more about what it was I did want and who I really was. I got to grow up and mature in this safe environment to do that. And I got to learn about letting go. Letting go so that I can move into the next stage of my life. I got to learn to release. And I'm going to ask you to be willing to let go of regret. There are two tools I gave you. You can finish the conversation. You can go out. You can write about it. You can look at the lessons that you learn because there are gifts in everything. And in doing that, you'll be going to Hummingbird on our medicine wheel. And Hummingbird's when we learn about our ancestors, right? And that's when we learn about letting go and taking what we learned and growing from that. And those are amazing gifts that you can learn from letting go of regret. Because I want you just to be aware of how much time you spend in your life thinking about what you wish you had had done. That time can be used to create what you want in your future and where you are going. And that energy can come back and you can recreate new life stories. You can create the story of whatever it is you want to be. And whenever that regret shows up, you tell your mind, no, we took care of this. It's done. It's okay. I did the best I could with what I had in that situation. It was perfect. And it developed me to who I am right now. And once you can see those gifts, that everything that has formed you to where you are right now was a gift to get you where you're at, then you'll be open to open your hands up to all sorts of possibilities. And then you can fly like eagle and have amazing things happen in your life, dreams that you never thought of. Dreams that were incredibly life-changing. And so we're going to bring on a guest today. My guest is going to be Jack Canf- uh, Jack, excuse me, Jack Elias. Sorry, Jack Canfield on the brain. But Jack Elias is my guest. And he is the founder and director of the Institute of Therapeutic Learning in Seattle, Washington. He's an international hypotherapist. NLP trainer since 1988. He's the author of the book, Finding True Magic, Transpersonal Hypnosis and Hypnotherapy, NPL. He's using hypnotherapy in letting the past stay in the past is what I'm going to have him share with us today. Mr. Ellett has been a Buddhist student and 
a practitioner with Recognized Masters since 1967. I'm really excited to listen to what he has to tell us about letting the past stay in the past. We're going to go to break, and when you come back, we'll look at, listen, join me as we listen to Jack Ellis. Thank you. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back. I'm here in the garden with my guest, Jack Elias. I actually mispronounced his name. I, I asked for apology on that. It's my dyslexic showing through. But Jack Elias is here, and he's the founder and director of the Institute of Therapeutic Learning and author of Finding True Magic. Welcome to the Mosaic Gardens, Jack. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's so fun to bring new people with uh, new experiences to the garden and, and hypno. Therapy is something that I have had some interest in in the past, and I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm excited to have you explain to my listeners how this works in healing. Great. Um, There are a lot of misconceptions about hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Uh, There's a lot of kind of narrow views of what it is, also even amongst hypnotherapists. Um, Because of my background, in Eastern meditation and Eastern studies, which you mentioned earlier, um, those those uh, insights from those teachings enabled me to recognize that the mind is always hypnotic. 
not just some special time when somebody waves a watch in front of your eyes and gets you to close your eyes, but the, the most important thing is to recognize that your own self-talk is just a stream of suggestions. Oh, and yes. You're, you know, so, so it's really important to uh, appreciate that, appreciate the hypnotic power of all your ordinary thinking instead of thinking that hypnosis is some unusual thing and maybe you can be hypnotized and maybe you can't. There's a, there are a lot of uh, uh, ways of teaching hypnosis where, where people are trained that some people can be hypnotized and some people can't, but that's because of a narrow understanding that leaves out the recognition that the mind and thinking are inherently hypnotic all the time. So when I yeah. teach people and train people, one of the main things I want to do is make sure they understand that they can let go of that anxiety about whether or not they're going to be able to hypnotize somebody because people's problems are a hypnotic state. Yeah, the ongoing and, chanting, the ongoing chanting of my mind all the time, as you said, is is a hypnosis in itself. I'm just not aware of it. I'm not aware that if I don't bring awareness to it, I don't see that my mind is continually telling me a hypno, a, a hypno chant, right? Yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a very subtle, constant hypnotic attitude that whatever your mind is telling you, you have to submit to it. So <laughs> if your mind is telling you you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're strong enough, you're not strong enough, you, you were stupid when you said that, people just think they have to submit to that instead of, wait a minute, uh, I can, I can uh, train my mind to speak to me kindly and with encouragement, and I can get rid of all the uh, nasty, negative, sarcastic, shaming ways of thinking that I have uh, absorbed over the years from one source or another. But if you, don't, if you just think it's my mind, and, I, and now I'm stuck with my mind instead of recognizing there's no ownership there, and they're all just hypnotic suggestions, and you have a right to refuse them. Yeah, to, yeah. to be aware yeah. of what they are, right? To bring them to the surface and know what they are is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and how do you way, do that? Yeah, well, the way you do that is to uh, be interested, mainly. is to be interested from a from a place of realizing that you're worth it. It's worth the effort because you're worth it to be interested in paying attention to how your mind is working. Some people would call that meditation, and it is meditation, but, but a lot of people get, uh, uh, again, very confused idea about what meditation is. Like a lot of people say they tried meditation and they couldn't do it because they had some idea that meditation meant they had to stop their mind from thinking. And while that, that might happen, uh, once you become more and more experienced, it's not a requirement. The point is to sit down and be still in an alert posture so you can just watch your mind and start to recognize the wildness of thoughts and emotions that come and go and to practice not getting hypnotized by them, not taking them personally. When you take something personally... You're being hypnotized by it. I know and when I first... None of I, these thoughts... Go ahead. 
do I have? I'm just going to say when I first started to meditate, it was really hard to sit because then my mind told me I had a certain time and a certain way to do it and yeah. that I wasn't doing it right. Yeah, that's a perfect example of ne- negative hypnotic suggestions that you didn't recognize you had a right to dismiss because you just think, well, this is my mind and I have to listen to my mind. You don't. Huh. You just but not. It- what an interesting concept that everything my mind tells me isn't true, huh? <laughs> That's right. It's just an opinion. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> then I can change it. If it's an opinion, then that gives me permission to change it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, there's layers of opinions. Like you might have a thought that you kind of recognize isn't serving you, but you might not notice you have a deeper hypnotic suggestion that says you're not allowed to throw that thought away or change it because that's what your father thought or that's what your mother thought and you're not allowed to disagree with them. That's another terrible limiting hypnotic suggestion that many, many people have that they have to, they have to keep their old programming from childhood because of some idea that their parents still have authority over them. Yeah, if I were hanging on to my ancestors' teachings still, um, some of them are good, but I'd still be pushing a handcart across the plains instead of driving a car if I were still running my life from that place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are some things that change, and change is always good, and moving into change makes my life a little easier. I, I've had to learn to use the computer. That's been a lot more um, yeah, feasible for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so really, the, the it's important to just have like one or two insights that can help you go a long way. And one of them is to recognize you don't have to take thoughts you know, uh, personally. You don't even have to take emotions personally. That's even a tougher one for people to understand. They're just uh, coming and going in your awareness. They're not about you, and you don't have to take them personally. Wow, okay. So if you practice sitting still and alert, you kind of develop a strength uh, of observation so that you stay in that strength of observation instead of getting pulled into the thoughts and emotions. I like to tell my clients and my students that, uh, well, first I ask them if if they've ever used the term train of thought, and pretty much everybody has. It's very familiar, train of thought. And it's a very useful metaphor because when you develop the strength of observation, it's like you stay on the platform, and when a train of thought comes by, you don't just automatically jump on it. You recognize you have a right to examine it. Is it going where you want to go? Should you just wait for the next train of thought? And... That's always happening. We're, you know, moment by moment, we're aware of trains of thought. And we, we want to practice through meditation, staying on the platform of observation instead of believing we just have to jump on every train that comes by. It would be very nice to get on the train that's taking me where I want to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. You get to create your own itinerary once you understand that you are in charge. <laughs> And good. And what was the second step in that? Um, Well, with emotions, emotions are much more compelling. You see, we respond, our subconscious mind responds to vividness as being the truth. 
even if it's false. It's just that's how our subconscious mind gauges vividness or, or gauges truth is by vividness. So emotions are much more vivid than uh, simple thoughts. So it might seem like it's easy to just observe thoughts, but it's much more challenging to observe emotions because the vividness is like a magnet and we just get sucked onto them. The thing is, emotions do not mean anything about us. So this is the second thing. While they might be vivid, while they might be painful, they don't mean anything about you. Many, many people have the hypnotic indoctrination that if they have a certain kind of emotion, it means something's wrong with them. And even worse, if somebody were to see them having that emotion, that would be the most terrible thing in the world because then people would know that you're defective or weak or whatever. Many people have this kind of terrible hypnotic uh, indoctrination in relationship to uh, some range of various kinds of feelings. Various kinds of emotions. Those labels we put on emotions being good or bad can get in the way with that as well. And and that means something about us. They don't mean anything about us. They're just what they are. They don't mean anything about your value. They don't mean anything about your character. They don't mean anything about your right to experience your freedom to be alive in the world. And many people have those kinds of negative hypnotic suggestions that if I feel a certain way, it means I have to submit to somebody else's abuse. Or if I feel a certain way, it means there's something wrong with me and I'm not good enough. Those are terrible, terrible hypnotic suggestions that people, they don't recognize they're just suggestions and opinions that they can reject. Mainly because we got most of them when we were very, very young and they got deeply ingrained and we learn not to question them. So meditation, if you will, is waking up to that. When you strengthen that ability to stay on the platform and observe, you start recognizing that you can dismiss these thoughts. You can, so you I, can let I them rec- take over. Yeah, and when I recognize that that I don't need to take all this personal and that my emotions are okay... Um, I'm, I'm guessing, too, his emotions is that as long as you're not hurting another person with them, it's okay to have these emotions. I, I do remember that when I was going through my divorce, personally, I was very angry. And when anyone asked me how I was and I said angry, they'd say, oh, don't be angry. And I was like, no, I have to be angry. If I shove this inside, it's going to come up somewhere. It just wasn't okay for me to spew my anger on everyone. But it was all right yeah. for me to be angry. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference between experiencing the emotion of anger, which means nothing about you, and you don't have to take it personally, but that doesn't mean you repress it and pretend it's not there. You allow it to fully be there, but you don't let it be the boss. So you can, it's fine to, to feel the emotion of anger and to investigate what's causing it. It's not okay to act in a harmful way. That's a totally different thing. Yes, I... I agree with you there but what you said was it's not okay to have emotions that might hurt people your emotions do not hurt other people okay i guess i meant more in a physical thing like going out and just dumping things on people yeah yeah but a lot of people think that way a lot of people think "I, i can't allow myself to feel the emotions i feel 
because it will hurt other people. And yeah. we, that's an example of powerful childhood programming that many of us get because we had immature, uh, uneducated parents or, unfortunately for some, downright abusive parents where a child experiencing itself being vividly alive and having, you know, manifesting strong emotional energy, the parents, you know, they don't, wanna, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. They're, they're stressed out by their own inner life. And so they very strongly hypnotize the children that those kinds of emotions are bad, and it means they're bad. And if they ever let those things out, they're going to get punished severely, maybe even not be loved anymore. So I see many, many clients that are very, very afraid to experience their own emotional life. And what do you help them through? How do you help them express that? Because that kind of comes into the um, the post-traumatic so- um, stress syndrome that um, yeah. I can relate to and how to get through that without, um, you know, keeping those pent-up emotions inside was like a time bomb going off. Right. And how, what, yeah. do you, what do you guide your, how do you deal, help your clients to come through yeah. that? Again, again, none of this is about stuffing or repressing the emotions. It's about as you develop that strength of staying on the platform of observation and re- recognizing that thoughts are not personal, emotions are not personal, you can speak about them, they don't take up all the space in your consciousness We've just, we've just have, had a habit of zeroing in on them so strongly that then we think they take up all the space in the universe. Really, it's a tiny, tiny little dot. But you, our, our focus is so powerful that if we choose to just focus on that little dot, then we start believing that it's the whole universe and that, and okay. we're, and that we're stuck inside of it as opposed to realizing there's complete, huge, massive freedom all around it. It's again, and that's an example of unfortunate hypnotic experience. Hallucinating that something is true when it's not true. Now, PTSD is an example, a very extreme example of intensity. What I said before is that the the emotions are triggered. They're so vivid that without a strength of staying on the platform, you just get swept away. So the way there are certain devices uh, uh, using the mind to strengthen yourself separate from those things so that when they arise, you you don't get sucked into them anymore. So you're not now, reacting to everything that happens around you yeah. then? And it's, again, it's because uh, the very simple essence of it is because you stop taking them personally. You know, the, when they've interviewed people who are in the same kind of horrific battle and one had PTSD mm-hmm. and one didn't, the one who yeah. didn't didn't take it personally and was able to leave it behind because he didn't take it personally. Whereas the other mm-hmm. one is hypnotizing himself that it's still happening. They're still living in... A lot of people with PTSD or who know about PTSD think that it's the problem was with the past. It's not with the past because the past is over with. The problem okay. is the way we replicate effects similarly of the past event 
And instead of having it just be like a sheet of paper, like say you print out a, on your printer, you print out a, a, a picture of a tiger, and it's just a picture of a tiger on a piece of paper, no big deal. Yes. Instead of doing that, we have the creative ability in our mind to like create a, a massive 3D IMAX scenario with a holographic tiger, and it's so vivid we get sucked into it, and we think we're actually with a tiger. Exactly. I know that the film industry now is using that element to, you go to the movies and you see something, they don't even play it all out because your mind is going to create something far more extravagant or scary or worse, whatever that's on the, than exactly, on the film. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cause your mind just takes off and creates this whole yeah. program of something that's really not real. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great, great way to say it. Uh, your mind takes off. Your mind is, has this massive ability to take off and, and we've, cultivated that so what you want to do is you can keep that you just want to add the ability to stay on the platform and not take off so that you get to choose which kind of thought trains you want to take off on you know, like you maybe a, a train of thought comes by that's going to go to the beach in Hawaii then you might want to get on that train but if it's going <laughs> to take you into a memory of something horrific you don't have to get it. You don't have to take off. You don't have to let your mind take off with that train of thought. You can stay on the platform and still so, know all the, all the data, but you yeah. don't create a 3D virtual reality theater and plug yourself in. Well, I'm going to say that you, you, you're a teacher in this, um, a trainer. Tell me, um, you know, before we're going to take a break here in just a few minutes, but I, I want to know where my listeners can go to learn about you and what it is that you um, share with people through your lear- your teaching. Um, okay, the best place to go is to my website, which is findingtruemagic.com. Finding True Magic is also the name of my book, findingtruemagic.com. And everything's there about my uh, client work, my trainings, uh, my blog is there. I have, a, I have a bunch of YouTube videos. You can go on YouTube and search Jack Elias and watch some of my videos. So that's probably the best way to start. And then if you want to purchase the book or purchase some of my programs, that would be great too. They would be very beneficial, I promise you. So you don't have to go in person to attend one of your trainings. You have a program where my listeners who I have listeners in Italy and different parts of the world as an international radio host here, they can go and um, get your programs from this yeah, site. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that because uh, in terms of client work, I work with people all over the world by Skype and by phone, and I get just as good results as in person. So if they want to do personal work, we can do it via Skype or telephone. And in terms of trainings, uh, if they can't come to a training in person, I have very powerful distance learning programs uh, that they can purchase and, and study. And then uh, if they're doing it for certification, for example, for hypnotherapy training, those programs include one-on-one session, tutorial sessions with me. Again, if they're far away, we do it by Skype or by phone. Yeah, the beautiful power of computers now. It's amazing. So tell them one more time where they can find that, Jack. FindingTrueMagic.com. Okay. FindingTrueMagic.com. When we come back from our break, you're going to lead us on um, a guided meditation. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. 
good. So we're going to take a break and then join us back where Jack is going to take us on a guided meditation. So don't, you know, make sure you come back because this is going to be a great, powerful tool. Thank you. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in every week for Blooming in the Light. Host Marie Helen Turen will take you on a journey of personal growth and happiness. By using her experiences and those of her guests, she shows you that challenges in your life are really blessings in disguise. Whether you're facing aversion in parenting, education, spirituality, or other life experiences, we're here to show you a broader and lighter side. Blooming in the Light can be heard every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. This is the 7th Wave Channel. On the Voice America Network. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Jack Elias, and he is telling us about hypnotherapy. Um, He's the founder and director of the Institute of Therapeutic Learning and the author of Finding True Magic, and you can go to his site, findingtruemagic.com, to learn out more about him. He's actually going to guide us through our meditation today, so I'm going to turn the time back over to Jack. Welcome back, Jack. Hi. So, everyone, I, I would like you to take three easy, full, deep breaths. No straining, just take your time to really feel your body's ability to soften and expand and take in these breaths and then let them go naturally. And then adjust your posture so that it's in an easy, upright posture where you can be alert and relaxed at the same time. When I say relaxed, I mean be welcoming 
your whole body and mind. I don't mean to struggle or judge if you feel tension in your shoulder or anything like that. I mean having a welcoming heart, relaxed in that way, relaxed and welcoming whatever you're experiencing. And what makes it easier and easier to welcome whatever arises in your awareness, what makes that easier and easier is recognizing that whatever arises is not about you. Thoughts that arise are not about you. They're just thoughts. They're just suggestions and opinions. And they can't be about the real you. Thoughts can only think about other thoughts. Be interested in watching your thoughts and recognize thoughts can only refer to other thoughts. Now, you might think you can think about a cup and say, wait a minute, Jack, I can think about a cup, and a cup is not a thought. But actually, cup is a concept. Cup is a thought. You can only... Thoughts can only think about other thoughts. And that means it's impossible to think about yourself because you're not a thought. But you have a whole collection of thoughts that are opinions about who and what you are. And so there's a lot of thinking that can go on about who you think you are. But who you think you are is just a bundle of thoughts. It's not really who you are. Just have a sense of willingness to kind of gently shrug off the burden of believing you are who you think you are. It doesn't mean you erase it. It doesn't mean you repress it. It doesn't mean you reject them. You just recognize them for what they are. They're just a lot of thoughts. And you're not in them. And they're not about you. You are the constant, intelligent awareness and power that has the ability to choose which thoughts to invest in and which thoughts to remove your interest from. Just let yourself scan your body with that welcoming energy as you realize no thought or emotion that arises is about you. None of them are required that you take them personally. You can start to have a sense of spaciousness about noticing them. And I want you to understand that you do know what I'm talking about. I want you to think about your best friend. And I want you to think about a time when maybe a stranger insulted you and you wanted to punch them. Hopefully you didn't actually punch them, but... And now think about your best friend saying the exact same thing that that stranger did and recognize very likely you both have a big laugh. You know, good friends all the time call each other jerks, make fun of each other, and they just laugh and it just generates warmth and love. That's because in that situation, because of the loving connection with each other, they actually wake up their wisdom, their intelligent mind that recognizes that it doesn't have to take the thoughts personally and that the thoughts are not about you. Think about that. 
you have the power and ability, and you've practiced it many times, the power and ability to have a sense of humor about thoughts and emotions. All you need to do is cultivate that more and more. Take it outside of the unnecessary boundary of that you can only do that with good friends. Especially recognize you're always with someone who rightfully needs to be your best friend, and that's yourself. So treat your own inner dialogue with yourself. Treat your own sense of yourself as your best friend. And practice having a sense of humor in such a way that if negative thoughts and emotions come up, you're able to laugh at them because you don't take them personally. You're able to stay kind and loving to yourself. In effect, you're able to join hands with yourself and look at the thoughts over there or look at the emotions over there and, and laugh about them. Not make fun of them in a mean way, but just appreciate how silly most of them are and that you don't have to take them personally. Instead, you get to be more and more welcoming to your own vivid experience, your own growing vivid experience of the goodness of being alive. Because when you look at little children who have been unharmed and haven't been indoctrinated yet, the sweetness and radiance and tenderness that you see there, the brightness you see in them, that's your brightness. That's your tenderness. That's your loving nature. We're meant to be in touch with that our whole lives. We're meant to feel that goodness all the time. And we have a right to start releasing all of the indoctrination that has tricked us into thinking we have to shut down that light, that delight, that sense of ease and interest and the felt sense of the fluid, joyful movement of our own life force. Practice. Practice all day long, not in a compulsive way, but practice softening towards yourself, remembering and softening and opening inside into that welcoming space where you just take a few seconds or a couple minutes to look at what the mind is doing. It's the mind. It's not your mind. It's just thinking and emotions. Look at them with a sense of love and kindness, recognizing that they're not the boss of you and you don't have to take any of them personally. Even if you hear the sound of your name, recognize your name is not who you are. Your name is just a sound. It's just a sound, like a burp. You can undo the triggers you have when you hear that sound to like, you know, jump up with some kind of anxiety, like 
There's a demand about to be made upon me. You can learn to relax out of that kind of habitual tensing up on high alert when you hear that sound. That sound, it's just a useful auditory tool to get your attention. That's all it is. Not who you are. So when you are aware of thoughts that are talking about you, you is just another sound. You're not in there. You just can more and more, as you practice, be at ease and welcoming the nature of thought. As you realize you're studying something very important, you're learning about something very important, which is the human mind that generates thoughts and emotions. As you learn to master it, you become more and more powerful in your life, more and more able to benefit yourself and others because you recognize more and more clearly all the needless suffering that everyone is creating for themselves by needlessly taking thoughts and emotions personally as if they have the power to make you not worthy. So I'd like to leave you with the recognition that you're totally worthy, totally worthy to feel the goodness that life gives you as the gift of life. And you can repeat that over and over again with more and more conviction. You are absolutely worthy to feel and accept the wonderful, worthy, sacred gift of life that's being given to you on every breath and every heartbeat. And it is not diminished by anything you think or by any emotion that you feel. They have no power to reduce your worthiness. So relax and open and welcome yourself with love as much as you can every day, enjoying the process. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jack. Wow, that was a really nice process. I want to thank Jack Elias for being here and sharing his practice of leaving the past in the past with hypnotherapy. I would highly recommend you go look into his programs and look at him at findingtruemagic.com. Thank you so much, Jack, for this gift. You're welcome. Thank you. So we're going to close today, um, closing up here with the, the tools you've got today. Just to remind you, the writing tool of taking and putting that regret on one side and getting the lessons that you learned from it and then letting it go or finishing the conversation or as Jack shared with us, not taking these things personally, not believing everything your mind tells you to be true and that emotions don't mean anything about who you are and it's okay to speak them. It doesn't define who you are. And I'm so happy that you've joined me on the show. And that you're, I, I would love to hear back from you to know if you're learning these things. So if you go to soulhealerspath.com, just get back with me and let me know what you might want to know more about and how these things are applying and working in your life. So um, we're going to be next week talking about walking between the worlds. And I'm going to bring my guest, um, Reverend Adrian Wolf back on. She was with us a couple weeks ago. She will share more of her journey on the Inca Trail. I wanted to have an opportunity to talk to you and have you know more about what she learned on that trail. 
And I want you to remind you that if you missed any part of today's episode, that you can listen again. You can listen again tomorrow night. You can listen again Thursday at 2 p.m. Um, I'm on seven days a week, so just go in and look at the schedule. I could give you all those times, but that would take up a lot here. So just go back and listen to the, you can go back into the history and listen to the past ones, and you can listen to me seven days a week on Voice America. And thank you for joining me today, and join me back next week where we will welcome to the Mosaic Gardens and recreate new life stories. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 